the Sports Bet EPL podcast, Premier League podcast, football podcast. It's a podcast about the round ball game, the best game in the world. And joining me once again, Sports Bet's very own Irish wonder kid, Kieran McEwen. And uh, in the flesh, Ed Wyatt making his flesh, fleshy debut. That sounds disgusting. Um, <laughs> how are you, boys? Uh, it's good. Uh, we probably should come up with a name, shouldn't we? Yeah, it's it, got to be football over soccer, though. We can't, uh, you know, I, I usually go down the route of calling it soccer over here, but nah. It's yeah, be football, I agree. Football. Let's go with football. And I think EPL, yes, that's what we go on. But, you know, every now and then we can slip in some uh, championship or even some Scottish football maybe once in a while. Well, yeah, Just well, putting well, that out there. Controversially. Dave would be a fan of that with his, uh, his Celtic it would be a, uh, <laughs> It would be a, a sad week when we're covering the... Uh, the Scottish Premier League. Um, I'm still resisting the urge to get the um, the sort of caricature heads that the other podcasts have. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to win that battle, uh, but eventually I think those will be coming as well. Uh, apologies for your seeing our horrible faces in your feed. Um, gentlemen, a, uh, a busy week. Uh, the Champions League was back. Man City, uh, not exactly off to an exemplary start. Did you see their display against Leon? Uh, Andy Townsend... Um, of the BBC Sport website, called it a barely recognisable rabble. Um, a pot calling the kettle a barely recognisable rabble there. Um, did you see the game? Were you impressed? I thought City were unrecognisable is about the right word. Yeah, I didn't see it, I'll be honest with you. I saw some highlights, I did a lot of reading. Uh, it's funny because that's one of those groups that you looked at when the draw first came out and you went, ah, the Breeze, Leon, Hoffenheim, Shakhtar, they cruised through that. Yeah, something wasn't right, and obviously in the fallout, uh, Pep is. Uh, we saw. We talked a couple of weeks ago about his rant in that documentary. We uh, need another one. Yeah, he's going to need another one, I think, because they were not very good. He was banned to the director's box, obviously, for mm. this game. Um, yeah, Arteta gets the loss, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. I hope so. <laughs> um, he was sat there watching it in a uh, very fetching uh, train driver's hat. Mm. Um, <laughs> Not ideal sort of football wear. Um, hard to look angry in one of those. Did you see the game, Kim? Yeah, it was another highlights job for me as well, unfortunately, but uh, or maybe fortunately. But yeah, look, <laughs> Leon's Leon's goals were uh, you know great finishes outside the box. I think you just got to write it off and move on. Especially as Ed said, when you've got a, a group with with teams like that, with with Hoffenheim, Shakhtar, and, and Leon, neither of which are particularly good. City are still extremely short to come out of the group, and still probably going to win the group. So I think you you just move on from it really just one of those weird just nights one of those, one of those it's games just, sorry there's a strange one that, uh, the whole thing about how Guardiola is not only upset with the team but upset with the crowd and, and, and the fans and that they're not taking the Champions League seriously the, the crowd was very small it was like 14,000 down on what they normally get for, for a Premier League game so you've got that working there as well too that he understands how important the Champions League is but perhaps the Manchester fans don't understand that I, that's, I that's what just, he's I, saying I think they're just writing yeah. these games off as, as Agreed. Givens, they're, yeah, they're just going, look, yeah. um, we're going to come through these games yep. and, uh, and and move on to later on the season when it's more important. But it doesn't really work like that in the Champions League, unfortunately. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, City have struggled with um, getting people to the games in general for for a long time, even, even since the takeover. Um, it's probably just a symptom of the fact that they are just in their DNA are quite a small club. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> spot the Manchester United Bang. supporter. Um, no, I mean that's just a, it's just yeah. a, a, an objective fact. Um, it was in stark contrast to their game against Fulham. Um, they just seemed to be a lot more physical in that game, and they just cruised to a three 0 victory. Even there was a moment in the build up to the second goal when um, I'll uh, I'll get you to do the 
the guessing here, uh, Kieran, because I know I've already had that conversation. Bernardo Silva, what do you think his listed weight is? His listed weight, well, he's probably about 5'7", I'd say. 5'7", exactly um, right. His listed weight, I'd say, is probably about, based off that height, maybe about 70 kgs. He is 64 kilos, <laughs> and in the lead-up to that goal, he muscles off the ball. <laughs> Stefan Jonasson, or Johansson, um, the Fulham midfielder, who just does just 20 kgs heavier, just muscles him clean off the ball and then squares <laughs> it for uh, for their second goal. It was just a, just a baffling sort of about turn in almost every sense. They just looked completely disjointed. They still had 64% possession. It's strange that you can say that about a team that had 64% possession, but uh, uh, materially true. Uh, point number two, did you see this week? Wilf Zaha, did you see his impassioned speech uh, after uh, Crystal Palace's game at the weekend, he scored a, a wonder goal in this game, a little step over on the left wing, cuts inside, acute angle, top corner. Um, he was complaining that he's been kicked all over the show and I think the stats bear that out. Uh, the second most fouled man in the Premier League. Is it just the fact that Crystal Palace rely on him so much or has he got a point? Is he being maltreated? Well, it's difficult to say after a few games, but when you look at Crystal Palace, it's... You know, there aren't many teams in the bottom, you know, pr- probably the bottom bottom 12 in the, in the Premier League as reliant on one player as they will be on, on Zaha. He's phenomenally good. Yeah, I agree. I, and I think if you've got a team that's, that's a, you see this in any sport, if it's a, a one-man team, quote unquote, that guy's going to get a lot of the attention. So I, I think uh, it is probably a combination of both things. But there's no doubt he, he's he's incredibly important to that team and, and, you know, super player. He's a talented player. It's, it's staggering how important he is. Without him, they just don't win. Yeah, they don't that win. Is, yeah. That is just the Palace will be getting relegated without him. And yeah. with him, they've got probably got a chance of being about ninth. So that says all, all you need to know, really. Staggering. And and so off the back of that, I posed this question to you before we uh, hit record. Um, is Wilfred Zaha... I'm going to slightly rephrase what I said to you before the show because you both scoffed at me. You, know, I thought, you said he was the greatest player in the world. Is that what you said? <laughs> Not exactly. I said, something, something I said is, is, he, is it possible that he is one of the top 10 strikers in the world? And what I'm going to, the, the extra sort of clarification I'm going to ask is, does he have the tools to become mm. one of the top 10 strikers in the world? Is he a striker to begin with? I'm not entirely sure. Um, is he talented enough? Oh, Probably not. Look, he's 25, going on 26. In the next three or four years, you know, he'll come into his peak. I think Palace have got him in a long-term contract now, which is great for them. Not that that means a hell of a lot, but certainly in terms of the the Premier League now, um, attacking players, I would have him probably inside the top 10 in terms of attacking attacking players in the league, which which is pretty incredible for a Palace player, especially with a lot of the talent you see around the likes of, you know, City and Chelsea and, and Liverpool. Mm. To be in the upper echelons there just shows what everybody kind of makes of them these mm. days. And, that's, and so that's what I've been thinking is, would, would he oust anyone from that City front three? I think probably. Maybe he gets in there ahead of Mane. Maybe he gets in there ahead of Sterling. I think so. And look at that Liverpool front three. I think, does he get in there ahead of, probably not Sane, maybe Bobby Firmino, maybe not? I don't know. He, you, But he's in the conversation. You're you're thinking about it. Um, look, he's probably in a, in a rotational scenario like all players are for Man City. Um, but to be in there with the likes of Sane and Mares, I think Zaha certainly, you know, He's uh, warranted to feel like he deserves to be in that company. Um, not sure about 
the Liverpool situation that he would actually get on there. But um, yeah, look, look, Liverpool are incredible this year as well. So. Um, we'll move on to our next point. Um, one of the things that I, you know, growing up in the UK, four four two magazine was my. You know that was my required reading, and I remember being a very young, a young pup and reading these type of articles. They'd have like top five Premier League striking pairs, and that was how strikers came. You know, we played four four two, and strikers came together, and it was the interplay between those strikers was the thing that you, one of the things that you most look forward to in football. As football's been bastardized and turned into this stupid game of pressing and and four three three and all this nonsense, we've <laughs> lost these this this beautiful sort of. Uh, Almost, I don't want to say romantic, but um, slightly romantic sort of partnership up front. Um, that seems to, we seem to have a bit of a renaissance of that in a minute. Currently, we've got Lacazette and Aubameyang sort of doing the deeds uh, for Arsenal. But uh, at the weekend, Hazard and Giroud teaming up to score two goals for Chelsea. Are they, uh, are they now probably the, the best striking partnership? Is he a striker again? This is a stupid conversation. Mm. Um, <laughs> great to see, though, isn't it? That sort of interplay between two striking players. Yeah, it's uh, it's reminiscent. Um, <laughs> I feel stupid for saying this of uh, of Quinn and Phillips from back in the day. <laughs> in the nineties, <laughs> little and large there, but, uh, quite different players. But uh, look, Giroud works really well for Hazard. Hazard said after the game that Giroud is probably the best target man in world football now, and uh, not quite. He's really a target man, kind of per se, but. He works really well for Hazard, and I think you continue playing the two of them together. Yeah, Hazard's been so much fun to watch. And again, we talk about the highlights and not necessarily watching a full game. And in those games where I don't watch a full game, and Hazard, it just dominates the highlights. He's like in every highlight, starting the play, finishing the play. He's been phenomenal. He's been potentially, for me, in the top three players in the league over these first few weeks I think you'd say he's been the best I think he's number one yeah I I think he's number one and I I think he legitimately now looks to be one of the top three players in world football which is that's what I meant it's huge (laughs) (laughs) but I mean that's and everything we always thought he could be it was so obvious Mm. with him that he had the tools and he could get there he could become one of that top echelon and as Let's be honest, Cristiano and and Lionel are now, I think, waning powers, and I think that's they're definitely on the downslope. Uh, Messi, I wouldn't Messi, say Messi. Messi, Messi didn't Hattrick, look like yeah, that. Yeah, he certainly did. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Hattrick, Hattrick. But, I agree but, with you, but yeah, with he's, he's still great. Barcelona are not as great as they were. <laughs> um, Ronaldo definitely on the downslope. Um, anyway, we'll, I think we'll that's more that. to do with where he is and, and trying to fit in at Juventus but yeah I know what you're saying and, and I think uh, we're all sort of in agreement on that um, Right well we'll move on then to the uh, the next point something I'm sure we'll come to agreement on uh, United's pink kit um, is it as ugly as Chris Smalling's finish was beautiful It was a great finish yeah, it was. Um, and then by association, are you saying that the kit is disgusting? It's one of it's one of the worst. Look, of I, I remember being remember being younger. My mum throwing in my Arsenal kit with my brother's um, horrible Spurs white kit, and that was the color that would come out in the Spurs kit. That dirty, horrible pink color is the same color as United. Yeah, kit I agree with that. I don't mind it actually. I think, and I think I'll tell, I'll, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'm not just being a contrarian. I, I actually looked at it and kind of thought. We've been overloaded with pink in sports with the whole, uh, you know, um, 
charity thing. So mm-hmm. there's been a lot of that, and it's that really bright pink, hot, vivid, hot yeah. pink yes, that I'm not crazy about. Obviously, love the fact that it's raising money. Not crazy about teams in full pink kits. This one just has that tinge of pink, as you mentioned, that makes it just a little quirky and unique. And it, I'm not a man United diehard, so I don't have anything where I'm going to look at it and go that, you know, that's not the man United I remember, blah, blah, blah. I didn't mind it. I thought it was a little bit edgy and it was okay. Yeah, see, I'm firmly of the view that United's away kits should be green and yellow. We should play in the colours of Newton Heath, the uh, original club. Um and I just, it just honestly looks like someone has left a red hat in with, I the, do, with the yeah, wash. Like I do agree just, with that. Yeah, Kieran nailed that one. I do, I, I do agree with. I that. also don't know that a tremendous amount of people in Manchester will be rushing out it, to buy that. I don't yeah, think it's going to sell. Good well, point. No. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, the uh, the fourth point uh, on our fifth point on our uh, list of did you see is uh, a simple one, and I've written it down. Fence, uh, Everton, lol. Um, <laughs> They got thumped by West Ham at the weekend, which is uh, mm. not a sentence you'll be hearing, I imagine, this uh, season very often. Uh, people have been weirdly bullish about them pre-season for the last couple of years, and I just do not understand why. Um, yes, they have a little bit of talent, but nothing that really has convinced me that they should be anywhere other than a mid-table. Um, why are they so rubbish? Why were people <laughs> bullish about them before the season? I don't know. I, I have a little theory on it. You, you can back it up with fat, your own theory with facts. This is just mine, sort of the top of my head. You've got the teams at the top, the top seven or whatever. They're always going to be locked in there. And, and, you know, you just debate where Arsenal, Spurs, Liverpool are going to fit. Beyond that, you look at a Burnley, a Bournemouth, teams like that. No one believes in them. Everton, at least, are on the verge of being another big club. So I think they get included with that top six or seven or whatever by that nature, even though, as you say, when you look at it, at some of these other clubs, they potentially, a, a Watford is potentially a better team. They've been around than for a Everton. while. Everton, yeah, is that's my just, gut feel. Yeah, they haven't been relegated. They've never been relegated, have they? No, or, no. Yeah, no, that's right. They're just one of those traditional Yeah, so clubs. they're always in there. That, that's my theory. I don't have anything to back it up other than that being my theory. Uh, six points this season, one draw, one, uh, sorry, three draws, one win, one loss. Um not, not exactly. I mean, it's very. That feels to me very Everton-esque. Like that seems to me par for the mm, course. Yeah. I just don't understand why there seems to have been this head of steam about them pre-season the last couple of years. Well, I, I don't think, I don't think anybody was thinking that they were, you know, really going to challenge for top four or anything mm. like that. Like I still feel Everton are, um, you know, probably top eight. That's kind of where you're looking. Um, they were twelve dollars at the start of the year for the top four. Not with us. I will say <laughs> it's it's very short. I'm, I'm definitely not one of those who think that yeah. this Leicester thing is going to happen very often again. No. Um, I think that you know four of the top six, sorry, the top four will come from the top six teams. Mm. Um, Everton as well. They sign a lot of players in in preseason. Not many of them have started yet as well. Richarlison's obviously. Um, you know, he's he's done well when he's played, but he's missed a couple of games, yeah, missing again, again yeah. this weekend. Yeah. Also, I think Tozan was never really the answer. He, you know, I was talking to a lot of Everton fans kind of pre-season and they said, look, this guy's awesome. He scores all the chances he gets, but that's really a sign when he did score all the chances he got last year that he will kind of come back to the main. And you see that this year, he doesn't look like a you know, a top number nine anymore. Outside of the likes of Richarlison and Sigurdsson, who I still think is quality. 
um, the most you can look for is is a top eight, and yeah. I still think they'll probably come around there. Yeah, I think some of the Pickford thing too. His great World Cup, maybe some people you know boosted him a little bit on the back of that. But yeah, I agree. They're 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 going to be in the mix in that top eight. I agree. Uh, Sigurdsson. Uh, seems to have lost half a yard of pace this year for me. He's never been a rapid player, but he always had enough to just sort of get a yard of space. Hasn't quite had that same ability this year. Yeah, we were expecting more from an attacking sense, certainly under Silva. He, he didn't flourish at all last year, whereas prior to that, for a few years in the Premier League, I mean, he was an excellent yeah. kind of, mm-hmm. um, you know... The type of player that Man United kind of needed in their midfield, pulling the strings. Anyway, we'll move on from that bitterness. Um... Uh, we'll move on to Everton's actual next game against Arsenal. Mm. We'll start the previews, boys. Uh, it's the last game of the weekend, the Monday night game, 1am if you want to watch it. It is uh, Arsenal forty, the draw four fifty, and Everton $7. Um, that's, a, that's a fairly short price for Everton, considering the historical context of this game. Ed, I believe you've got uh, some stats there. When did uh, Everton last get a result? Um heading to London. Yeah, well, you know, you've heard of a bogey team. I don't know what the reverse of a bogey team is, but that's what <laughs> Everton are with Walk Arsenal. Yeah, they haven't won in 24 trips to uh, <sighs> Arsenal in all competitions. That goes back to 1996. 1996. And, what were you doing in 96, Ed? Uh, I would have been hanging in uh, Seattle, probably. Winning Emmys for comedy writing. Yeah, it would have been a little bit before that. But yeah, before. yeah, yeah, yeah. We had drinking some microbrews, probably. <laughs> okay. uh, I would have been... Uh, in fourth grade or something? Yeah, no, I, yeah, I would have been a spotty teenager um, worshipping Dennis Bergkamp probably. About that. I honestly think I was still in primary school in 96. Mm. Um, staggering. Uh, last year, uh, Arsenal won both fixtures, scoring five in each. It was 5-2 at Goodison and 5-1 at the Emirates. So, yeah, it's a bad uh, bad thing for uh, if you're an Everton fan heading to Arsenal. Maybe just skip that trip. Maybe that's not the away trip you want to go to. <laughs> um, have you got a correct score for us? Or you, oh, no, we'll save that. Yeah, for we'll the save end. that. Yeah. Um, Kieran, how did you see this one going? Um, yeah, I mean, they, they really are a bogey team. I think Arsenal in general at home to teams who are worse than them. They, they win time and time again. They've won 21 games in a row at home to teams below them in the table. So yeah, these, right. are the kind of, these are the kind of stats when it comes to Arsenal yep. that you should really uh, take note of. And I think they've won 10 of their last 15 games, half-time, full-time. So won the first half and then, then won the game as well. So I think that's probably another route to go down. Arsenal by a couple of goals is probably about right. There you go. That was that mm. was concise and efficient. That's actually probably the biggest game of the weekend, in my in my sort of humble opinion. It doesn't seem to be a, a tremendous uh, weekend of fixtures. Um, so we'll move on to the next one, which I've got Cardiff um, versus City, the Bluebirds versus the Blues. Um, how do we see this one going, boys? You'll be uh, mm. you'll be probably unsurprised to hear that Cardiff you'll certainly be unsurprised Kieran you've set those markets um, <laughs> Cardiff Cardiff 21 dollars at home the draw at 50 Man City winks like odds a dollar 14 um We'll start with you, Ed. Uh, a little um, stat I uncovered Cardiff City have the highest passing accuracy Cardiff have the lowest so I'm not it's sure really that's really bad news. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a, no surprise when you're Warnock as your Yeah, exactly. Manager. That's exactly right. Cardiff have three goals on the year. City 14. I, look, I don't see anything more than a than an easy win, especially you know Guardiola will have them absolutely ready to play after that debacle against Lyon. Yeah, you'd have to think he's going to put a rocket up their ass. You this would could think be, so. Yeah, this could be triple figures. You've um, done nothing. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> you have done nothing. We are tired. <laughs> Fuck you. I, I just love anyone who's just going to shout Fuck you at his whole team. I'm 100%. I'm going to run through a wall for you. Um, 
Kieran, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's it's hard to see Cardiff scoring. Um, Cardiff have been quite lucky as well this year playing against a team who are reduced to 10 men and they still really struggle to score goals against 10 <laughs> men. So if that's uh, what's happened in their past, you know, certainly playing the best team in the country, then that's not going to go too well for them. So yeah, City comfortably here. Uh, City 7-0 is $101. Uh, Maybe not quite that much, but who knows? 8-0, $200. 10-0, $200. I'd be looking around the 5-0. That's only... Only seventeen dollars, so maybe just chuck a, maybe just make go for the six and go for the thirty six dollars, um, you know, because you might as well. Uh, Tottenham versus Brighton, we'll do that next. Um, I'm just going to find the market. Bear with me. Uh, Brighton four fifty, the draw three seventy five. Tottenham a, a juicy one seventy two. Um, they weren't great against Liverpool last weekend, but I feel like they were denied a stonewall penalty in the dying uh, minutes after. Uh, uh, Min Song Hun Min was uh, brought down in the box. Um, probably should have got the draw there. Would you think? Was it a was it a penalty? And then how do you see this game? I mean, Liverpool deserve to win. Yeah, they certainly did. We talked about whether he was going to come on, by the way, and uh, we both were convinced that he was, or we all thought he wouldn't come on and play. But yeah. uh, they had to go early because they were out of it pretty early. It was tricky. I'm not sure. I I'm kind of mixed on. I, I, I think looking back on it. It was probably a penalty, but I think 99 times out of 100 in real time, it's not going to be given. Yeah. See, for me, I think any other time in the game, other than injury time, that is given. Mm. He clatters into him in a way that, and it wasn't one of those ones where it looks like he might have won the ball. The ball goes off in such a direction that he can't have got to it. Um, I think it was a cowardly sort of decision from the referee just can't, can't I, I think I think be. as well though in, in the context of that game I mean Spurs were shockingly bad yeah, they were bad I, I, yeah. thought, I think Eric Dyer Trippier just mm. does not look like Premier League right back anymore I think you go all throughout the team Liverpool were easily three goals better than, than Spurs were in that game they were very tactically naive which is really odd from, from Pochettino and, and then, Vorm and, was and, very and, poor and Vorm obviously yeah. Yeah. well yeah I mean probably at fault for both goals mm. yeah. well, that punch was yeah, not great. And, and also they got dilled over um, the midweek against Juventus. Um, you know, two late goals, mm. one of which was an absolute worldy volley from the edge of the box, but the other one was just a, you know, header back into the box from a corner and then, you know, headed to the, the far post. Is it? Are they in... Are they in trouble? Am I wrong? This is a big, I think I had a note that I think this is a big game for them. This is a huge, they haven't lost three straight Premier League matches uh, since 2012, but Brighton haven't beat them since something like 83. So Brighton does not have a great record against Spurs. But yeah, this is a huge game, I think. I think a real, if they get a win here, everything's fine. They struggle a little bit. Some of the stuff we saw against Liverpool. Yeah, I think think there's a bit of trouble there. Is it maybe the Pochettino press, he demands so much from his players in terms of just running mm. it's such constant pressure are we just seeing them either is are they just starting slow or are they knackered just knackered 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 we, we, we thought after the first game away to Newcastle that they were going to start slow that there was going to be trouble there with you know all the players coming back late I think it has probably affected them more, more than anything with all the players um, you know going far playing for England and Belgium they had so many players yeah. in both, both teams I think there, there must be an effect there as well Beyond that, it's difficult to, to see because this week as well, I think they're going to struggle in this game against Brighton. You know, Brighton in the last um, four games at home to top six teams have won three and drawn one of them. So it's not what you expect at all from mm. the likes of Brighton to do that. And given how open Spurs are as well, that I think Spurs are very short to win this one. Okay, that's interesting. Um, 
I actually still think they're probably a reasonable price around a dollar seventy-two. Surely this is the big comeback game. We've got to win this. Yeah. Um, whether that pressure goes the right way or the wrong way, um, we shall see. Uh, we'll move on to the London derby. West Ham versus Chelsea. Oh, well, <laughs> my muck is the West Ham, the Emmers. That's the pint. inner city firm against what the headhunters or whatever is yeah, from the I, old uh, days. I used to work yeah. in a pub called The Prospect of Whitby and uh, a lot of the West Ham firm would, uh, um, I'll uh, do a good day to Joe. He was the, uh, the bloke who used to sit in the corner and was kind of the head of them. He was a very <laughs> nice man. He had two sons. There was a big one, uh, young Joe, Um <laughs> who was about the size of a, a door frame, and he was like, that's not the one you need to worry about. It's, <laughs> it's the other one you need to that's worry great. about. He's soft as puppy shit. Uh. The other one, he throw you for a fucking window. <laughs> um, and they used to sit there and just drain Foster's tops for four hours before every game. Um, and then would come back with sort of like blary eyes. And, and God knows what they're up to. Charming men, uh, salt of the earth people. Mm-hmm. Uh, their boys, $5.50. Uh, this week, the draw $4. Chelsea, one fifty-seven. You would have to think that this is going to be a return to the mean game for West Ham, the mean being for them losing. Um. <laughs> Interestingly, uh, West Ham beat Chelsea last year in this fixture and then drew at Stamford Bridge. So they actually did very well last year. And do you fancy them to do that again this year? I do not. Um, <laughs> it is, by the way, just a little personal note, that is the first place I watched a uh, Premier League match when I was going to school in the UK. Uh, we wanted to go see a football match and the RA, the resident assistant in our uh, university, said, oh, well, well, the easiest game to go see is West Ham. Mind you, we were out near like Reading. We were in yeah, Eton yeah. and it's kind of like <laughs> West Ham, but he was a West Ham supporter. So we ended up going and seeing West Ham Wrexham. Ah, if you can believe that. That's a Wrexham. long time ago, standing on the terraces, and that was my sort of introduction to, uh, uh, to uh, English football, which is great. I don't think they're going to win this one, but the point is that it may not be the lay down that we think it might be. Uh, uh, Have West Ham turned a corner maybe? I've always had a real soft spot for West Ham. They've always Mm. been my second team. I was a big fan of John Hartson growing up um, and just loved Julian Dix and a lot of the sort of West Ham hard men. Um, I don't think they have turned a corner. Um, Are you going to make the case for the fact that maybe they have, Kieran? No, no, not, not off the back of that uh, that one Everton game, which might have been just an anomaly. Yarmolenko looked great, um, scored a cracking goal as well, yeah. and, and you know I love Arnautovic as well. Yeah, um, he's certainly the type of character who'd endure himself to those uh, West Ham fans. But any any danger of you just doing it for three or four games in a row? Like Arnautovic is one of those guys who, when he's on form, even when he was at Stoke, he just looked like a complete world beat. You're like, how is this person playing for Stoke? And then for four games, he just goes completely yeah, missing. He's, he's still, he's a lot more consistent than he was because like mm. he was infuriating with Stoke. I mean, really, he was a, a one in five world beater. And then for the rest of the time, he was just completely anonymous. Mm. Um, this game here, I think it's going to be difficult for them. I, you know, I, I quite like Chelsea. I don't think Chelsea are going to be winning the league. I think they're clearly the third best team, though. Um, Chelsea win and they give goals away as well. They're, they're you know, more open than than they had been. Uh, they've conceded a few and they could have conceded a lot more as well. So I think Chelsea to win, both teams to score is probably the angle. I, um, I've sort of Bang. moderately enjoyed watching Chelsea play this Agree. season. Yeah, um, I hate to admit it. You can sort of see, Agree. it's the best football they've played in a, a while and you can sort of see them getting closer and closer to understanding what Sarri wants. Um, 
uh, other than to chew cigarette butts on the side of the, uh, <laughs> what he wants from his football team. Um, we'll move on to the next game. Uh, Liverpool versus Liverpool A. Um, their, their number one feeder club, Southampton. Um, I'm just going to find the odds here. Liverpool, a dollar twenty, shorty, shorty, shortisons. Uh, draw seven dollars. Southampton, seventeen dollars here. Um, they have not started well. Mark Hughes isn't a good manager. Liverpool are flying. How can this be anything other than a Liverpool victory? And they don't have their leading scorer, right? Danny Ings yeah, can't play against probably. Liverpool. He's a good player. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, they got some real shortage of strikers. So you're looking at Shane Long yeah. probably Sir out Anthony there trying are, to score. Sir Anthony are absolutely mock. Shane mm. chases chases anything Long. He's he, I like Shane Long, but he I'm quite sure he has got some Labrador in the family because that <laughs> thing, he just, he'll just chase anything and he doesn't really seem to know what to do once he gets there. They also haven't scored in their last four matches against Liverpool, so that's not a great yeah, stat. Yeah, it's, it's a big worry. And you look at Liverpool at home, I think they've got seven seven clean sheets in a row at home. Um, that's pretty good. They've also scored four or more goals in six of the last 12. Southampton are one of the worst six teams in the league. Mm-hmm. I think Liverpool will just go through them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, Man United versus Wolves. Um, they uh, they downed Watford's happy start to the season last week. Can they, they do the did. same to the uh, the second W uh, team? The, uh, an alliterative, it's something, I'll work that out later. <laughs> <laughs> Too late, all. Uh, United, $1.53, a draw $4, Wolves, $6. Um, that's pretty good odds for United at home. They've been looking marginally better, uh, winning without being convincing, as is the Mourinho way, I would argue. <laughs> um any danger of an upset from Wolves here? Yeah, there's definitely a danger. I, I don't see it. I, Wolves last week, they had 30 shots against uh, Burnley, who are right about now looking like relegation kind of fodder along with yeah, Wolves and, and, um, and Cardiff. But yeah, United have, you know, turned some kind of a corner, I suppose. And these are the kind of games where United, you know, win time and time again, usually by the odd goal. So it's probably something along those lines, either a one all or a two one to United. I would say. Uh, the the only worry that I have is that Pogba played very well against the young boys at Burn and has typically never played well two games in a row. He'll clearly be starting. Are we going to see one of those Pogba non appearances? This is the this is the prototypical Pogba can't be arsed game. Wolves at home. Not going to show up. Mm-hmm. Wolves have lost their last eight visits to Old Trafford. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a convincing so that, statistic. It, yeah, that's a pretty solid I, I, I statistic. I think, though, Pogba's probably going to find himself up against Neves, who's shown himself to be one of the best midfielders in the Premier League. He's 21, he's, he's their captain. He's going to be playing for a really big team very soon. So I think these are the kind of games that Pogba hopefully should be able to get himself up for against okay. a player like that. There we go. Well, I mean, that's that's the, there's the hot tip from... From Kieran there, if you're listening, Jose Mourinho, and I assume you are, um, really pump up the fact that he's going against one of the best young players in the world. Um, right, we'll jump on to the world's smallest league. Um, Kieran won 2-1 last week. Lots of near misses for both of yes, you. Yes, we were. I was agonisingly watching those 3-0 prediction turn into a 3-1 or vice versa. But yeah, it was good. Yeah. Very competitive. Yeah, you were you were uh, a goal off between you in, in nine separate fixtures. So that's <laughs> oh. pretty good. Um 
But, uh, yep, so that means that Kieran currently sitting pretty on nine points. Ed on one point. Ed, I got a late start, though. Let's be yeah, honest. Ed right? and Ed and Ed. Do I get Dave's points? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's okay. Dave's right. points. There's going to be disputes okay. all the way here. This <laughs> I don't think I can win this, can I? <laughs> um, we'll start with... Uh, well, just a question. If I lose this and get re- relegated, where I drop down to? A competitor's podcast or something? No, absolutely. Yes, you have to go on, you have to go on a podcast with Hummer where you talk about English literary classics. There we go. Okay. Okay, great. Um, no, the the the, uh, the only. Uh, I'm sorry if you weren't here on the podcast when we discussed the uh, the the. Was, oh, the, it was a meal or something, wasn't you, it? You have to take yes. me out for dinner. There, yeah, that's right. Ugh. Yeah, that'd be fine. <laughs> Hungry fine. Jacks will be sensational. Slightly disappointed there. Ed. I was looking forward to our. Uh, <laughs> I was going to take you to Chin Chin, but now no. Fine. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, right, we'll do. Uh, we'll start with uh, Fulham versus Watford. Okay, two one Fulham for me. Two two for me. Uh, United versus Wolves. Two one United. Two one United. Uh, Crystal Palace versus Newcastle. Two one Palace. One one. I opt. I almost went two one, but I decided to go with the draw. Leicester City versus Huddersfield. That's two 0 Leicester. Uh, yes, indeed, it is <laughs> two 0 oh, Leicester. Here yep. we go again. Yeah. Nah, this can't happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Cardiff City versus Manchester City. Three 0 City. Three 0 City. Oh boy! <laughs> Cowards. Um, Liverpool Southampton. I've got four 0 Liverpool. I've got 3-0 Liverpool, yes. okay. but I do have a bet. The best bet is 4-0 Liverpool, 13 bucks. Okay, very so, good. Yeah. Uh, Burnley versus Bournemouth. Gone 2-1 Burnley. Ah, 1-1. One, one. Uh, Brighton versus Tottenham. 1-0. Uh, 2-1 Spurs. Uh, West Ham West Ham versus Chelsea. 2-1 to Chelsea. 3-1 to Chelsea. And the Arsenal versus Everton. Gone 3-1 Arsenal. 3-1 Arsenal. Okay, well. Three draws or three or four? Yeah, only three. So your uh, your correct score multi last week, um, the boys had, I think you picked five of the same correct scores. Um, That would have paid (laughs) $45,000. Didn't put any money on it as a result, and it didn't come up. Mm. Um, One leg got up. Um, All right. So we'll put some money on this one. We'll work out what that would be again. Um, Any best bets for the boys this, uh, this week? Boys and girls, I'm sure there are some girls listening. Uh, I've got, for the third week in a row, I'm going to go with Arsenal to win and both teams to score. It's 3-4 to have won the last two weeks on that. But I just think it's a good bet with our defending. You just keep going all season <laughs> exactly. long. I should have multied it up somehow. Yeah. I think if you're looking for an absolute banker, that would be Liverpool to win to nil. That's $1.91. Mm. So that, that's a winner. Yep. Very nice. Uh, you, I think you had uh, you'd mentioned Chelsea to win both teams to score. Yeah, that's uh, another good. Also one. had Chelsea to win Arnautovic to score six seventy five. Yeah, also potentially. Okay, very um, nice. Man United to win both teams to score three seventy five. Yep, like that. Like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. Um, well, thank you very much, gentlemen. That's been a pithy. Uh, uh, half an hour of content for people heading home on the trains I assume um, if you've got any questions for us feel free to please feel free to drop us a line um, or even a suggestion for a, for a name a name yeah. or uh, anything else any questions uh, uh, and you know um, recommendations of good microbrews in Portland um, <laughs> anything anything at all um, thank you very much and always remember you know it's very important to gamble responsibly so do gamble responsibly thank you very much gentlemen no worries see you later Thank you.